Welcome to Work Is Good, a CSM podcast. My name is Landon Buto, and I host the show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Today's conversation is with James Carberry, and James is an Orlando entrepreneur, and he has a great perspective on recognizing unique gifts and being able to use those to build businesses. As you'll hear, he has a lot going on, um, and so I'll let him share his bio with you, but I'll, I will say that I discovered him and his company, Sweetfish Media, on a podcast called B2B Growth, and according to his LinkedIn, uh, B2B Growth is a daily podcast for B2B marketers. B2B Growth has been downloaded over 4 million times, has been listed multiple times as a top 100 marketing podcast in Apple Podcasts, and has been featured by Forbes as the top podcast for B2B entrepreneurs. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you because it's a great reminder of the value of understanding how you've been gifted and how you can put those gifts to great effect in your vocation. Um, So please enjoy today's conversation. And remember that if you're interested in getting a mortgage with our team at CSM, or if you know someone who might be, to go to clevelandstreet.com. All right, we are here with James Carberry. Carberry, am I saying that right? Carberry. Carberry, okay, got it. James is here with us from Sweetfish Media, and uh, we just we just got a little free um, session uh, advice <laughs> session on our podcast from him. Um, so I'm gonna let him provide a little bit of background about what he's doing. And right now he's just he's been involved in several uh, in starting and growing several organizations. So we're gonna get into that a little bit. But James, I'll let you start with a background of who you are and what you're doing right now. Yeah, so uh, so I am an Orlando entrepreneur and started a company called Sweetfish uh, about eight years ago. Uh, started as a blog writing shop, pivoted into podcast production, and now we build holistic media brands. So YouTube, podcasts, social, newsletters uh, for B2B companies. And I love, love the world of media. I love the world of B2B. I love the specificity of being able to know exactly who you're trying to do business with mm. uh, because you can look up who's the VP of finance at this mm-hmm. specific company that I think that we could really serve well. And so uh, Sweetfish is really a, a combination of my love for media and my love for uh, for B2B. Uh, starting a new venture uh, right now, just handed over the reins of CEO to, uh, to Jeremy Wellman uh, to run Sweetfish on the day-to-day. And, and I'm starting a local business media network, which is what we were jamming on before we hit record here, because uh, uh, there's a lot of similarities between what you guys are doing and yep. and the uh, the network that that I'm starting to build. So that's my next entrepreneurial venture. And then kind of alongside that, uh, I'm building a 5,000 square foot uh, studio, content studio and co-working space uh, in West Orlando. And so really trying to build a community of local professionals and we're doing some weird things with it. There's going to be a lazy river that runs through it. There's going to be a, a electric go-kart track on the outside. So kind of thinking about it as a country yeah. club. Uh, country yeah, I club saw that. Work. I think we need to get in on that. Dad. Yeah, right. Right. You guys have to to, to make the, the 3000 mile trek across yeah. the country yeah. to come <laughs> hang out, hang out yeah. at the studio. But uh, so we're doing that. And uh, so kind of running that alongside Orlando Business. Orlando Business uh, is one of the shows in the local business media network. And that's going to really be the marketing for this content studio that we're building because we want to have a bunch of local professionals uh, become members and and uh, and capitalize on having uh, that space. And so we're trying to design it and build it uh, to be a space where local professionals want to hang out uh, and also be productive. So that's what I've got going on on, on, uh, on my yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That's awesome. So, 
I'm gonna. Uh, I, I'm. I'm curious, kind of, what got you to realize that, uh, and maybe you just started doing it before you realized you liked it, but it, into you know being someone who just who gets involved in starting things and being a visionary. Um, what was the process there for you to to because you've done it several times now. Yeah. Um, so were there character traits growing up you started to recognize or uh, where did that start? Yeah, I think for me, it's probably started in college. I uh, went to the University of Central Oklahoma. I was a very, very shy kid in high school. It was like me and my best friend. And I was just kind of like locked arms with with my best friend, Chris, in high school and didn't really venture outside of that friendship. There's just kind of me and Chris and nothing else really mattered. Sure. Yeah. I got to college and I was working at a bank at the time. And one of the guys at the bank was really involved with this fraternity on, on our campus. And so he just started inviting me to come and play volleyball at this fraternity house. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm meeting new people and kind of getting out of my shell a little bit. And over the course of that time, I, was, I, I really felt the Holy Spirit convicting me of getting involved in this fraternity. And I was like, God, like what you, you want me to get involved in a fraternity? Like where that it's known for what fraternities are known for. Yeah. What are, what are my friends back home at my little Southern Baptist church in my little town outside of my college, uh, the city where I went to college, what are they going to think of me? And I just very strongly felt the conviction of the Holy spirit. That was like, I need you to be obedient to what I'm calling you to step into and not worry about what your friends back at church are going to think of you for doing it. And so uh, it, it was very clear, like, I, you know, I don't want to say I heard the audible voice of God, but it was very clear to me that, that that was what I was supposed to be doing. And so, sure. uh, leaned into that conviction and ended up joining that fraternity, got really involved there and, uh, started going to a, a mega church that was there. It's now like, I think one of the first, it's the first or second largest church in the country called life church led by a guy named Craig Rochelle. So I start going to that church as I'm in this fraternity and, one of the pastors of the campus that we went to of this church was observing that I was bringing a lot of guys up from my fraternity to church with me on Sunday. I got to baptize a few of them. It was really cool, uh, really cool experience. And uh, I just kind of became known as the guy that would lead Bible studies in the fraternity for the kind of the new pledge classes. And that was kind of the brand that I had built for myself without knowing those words necessarily uh, back, you know, back when I was in college. And there, that that pastor at Life Church that that reached out to me and said, "Hey, we see that you're bringing a lot of your fraternity brothers to church all the time. We're looking to build a college ministry mm. at your campus. Would you want to lead that?" And it was that uh, that was the first time that I think I really uh, was acknowledged for being a leader or for having yeah. some sort of leadership yeah. uh, capability. And, uh, and, and, and so it sounds like it's, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You weren't, you weren't giving presentations. You weren't really organized. You were bringing people into something is yeah. really where it started. It's yep. just, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And so, so it's getting, getting to build that from the ground up, obviously with the support of a massive local church was really cool. Um, because I, I got to see kind of, I got to leverage the brand that the church had built but also be really creative and like, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's, we, we could do it at the church, but we could also do it in just, you know, the home of, of somebody in the church that, you know, that, that goes 
to the church, but also has a heart for yeah. college kids. And so we ended up doing it in someone's home. So it created this atmosphere that was very different than if you're going to a church building, which I think led to a lot of that particular ministry's success. Uh, but it was really the 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 getting to build that ministry that opened my eyes to mm, yeah. uh, starting something. I still yeah. don't think I knew what the word entrepreneur meant. I I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't tying it to what I would one day do vocationally. Right. But it was exciting, and I I I wasn't the guy that grew up starting lemonade stands and you know baseball cards. That wasn't my forte. Uh, but when I got to college and started this campus ministry, I was like, Oh, this is really fun. Like starting yeah. something from nothing, yeah. catalyzing an idea, bringing people into something, uh, that was really exciting. And then eventually from there, I, I just started kind of tapping into that more and more. And so I did yeah. some things in the corporate world right out of college. And I was like, this is kind of life sucking and life draining. And, um, mm. and then right after college, I got an opportunity to move to Orlando to work for an entrepreneur. And, uh, and it was my two and a half years working for that entrepreneur. I did helicopter logistics for NASCAR. So I got to travel all over the country and put like Jeff Gordon mm. and, you know, Tony Stewart and all these race car drivers and, and team owners onto helicopters so that they would. Sorry, those are totally them. lost on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if for, for any NASCAR fan. I'm, sure, I'm sure it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's an incredible experience. I was not a NASCAR fan at all. Still yeah, not a NASCAR yeah. fan, but getting to put, you know, team owners and, uh, all, all these, you know, we, I think we put the owner of home Depot onto a helicopter one time because home Depot wow. was sponsoring a, a race. And so awesome. wild experience, but yeah. working for that entrepreneur is what allowed me to kind of tie the two together mm. and go, yeah. what I did in college with this campus ministry can actually be done vocationally. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's, you know, you can make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. And so getting to observe an entrepreneur in action uh, was the catalyst for me ultimately starting my own thing. Yeah. Awesome. You still have a relationship with that guy or I do, I do. So I, I wrote a book in 2020 called content-based networking. And I talk about Jeff a lot in, yeah. in the book. I think the, the opening part, uh, the opening part of the book, uh, might actually be dedicated to him. I mean, he yeah. transformed my life. And yeah. so, uh, had he not taken a chance on a 24 year old kid, in a small town in Oklahoma and asked me to move to Orlando and help him run the helicopter division of the business, I would, there's no way I would, I, I just, obviously God can do whatever, whatever God yeah. wants to do, but it's, it's hard to believe that apart from that, that my life would look the same today. Yeah. Um, and so his influence in my life has been transformational. That's awesome. So, yeah, I've been thinking about lately, you know, there's lots of different ways to, to be an entrepreneur in the sense that, uh, you know, I think it's largely tied to which resources you're being an entrepreneur with, uh, whether it's, you know, a, an, an idea or a technology or a product or people. It sounds like people have been pretty involved in your entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah. Uh, so can you talk about like your process of how much of what you've done with Sweetfish, how much of what you've done with B2B growth and now with your new endeavor and whatever else you're doing as well is, um, you know, I have this idea and how quickly are you taking to other people or is it mostly you see people and then bring them into roles or what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't have a lot of skills. My wife kind of makes fun of me all the time cause I don't have any hobbies. I don't really like, I love business. I love people. I love Jesus. 
and and like but outside of that i just yeah those, <laughs> those are three pretty good ones right there not not trying to be uh not trying to be uh I, i'm not trying to beat myself up i just don't there's sure. not a lot of uh i'm i'm the like the least handy person around the house ever my wife is i'm like hey where's the screwdriver my wife's got to tell me because I, I i'm just i'm not that kind of guy and so when it comes to business so much of it come is relationship driven for me and even starting a podcast production agency i, I actually don't know people ask me about gear and the tech and all this stuff all the time and i'm like ah, i will have to ask somebody from the team because i actually don't know the reason i started Sweetfish, uh, really pivoted Sweetfish into becoming a podcast agency was because of the relationships that I knew podcasting could create. And so even in that, like the pivot into podcasting, what, what some people think is a very technical thing was not, it, to me, I didn't understand any of the technical stuff. I just knew, hey, you can ask people to be a guest on your show and be and build a legitimate, uh, incredible relationship with someone through the through the act of content collaboration. Yeah. And that was the genesis of Sweetfish. Mm. Um, and so for me, in terms of sharing the idea, how early do you share the idea? I I like, I don't have a, I wouldn't say I have a big enough platform right now to where sharing, sharing ideas publicly has an adverse effect on yeah. me starting the thing. Uh, and I, I more right? mean, yeah, to get other people involved in it, uh, other mm. people that you see being involved in it. Yeah, I, I try to involve, I, I try, like even with with this new like kind of local business network, um, we're in the very early days. I don't even have a name for the company yet. I'm just kind mm -hmm. of starting this on the side, getting the show up and going and, and you know, Sweetfish is covering the expenses for it. I'm getting as many people as I can possibly get in, involved in it from the get, whether they're, you know, a guest co-host of the show, um, obviously involving a lot of the, the folks that are that are working at Sweetfish right now in the production of the content. Um, and so that's my style. Uh, yeah. I don't come from like an, you know, there's a lot of great entrepreneurs that come from an engineering background and they're very like heads down, focused on their craft, not, not super relational. Cause that's not their thing. Um, I'm the opposite of that. So, right. uh, I, I want to get as many people involved in something as I possibly can. The, the thing that I've learned over the eight years of building Sweetfish is I've got to be real careful about when to share the things that i'm doing outside of sweetfish with the people inside of sweetfish because mm. it can be very jarring to hear you know at the time i was the ceo of sweetfish and i'm talking about the the studio that we're building and i'm talking about all these other ideas and it can make people feel like well wait a minute like we're <laughs> we're, we're not involved in those things we're involved here in in the core in the core business and, and so that was just like a maturing a thing I had to, I had to mature as a leader to learn the discernment and when is it okay to, to, when do I need to talk about outside things? And when do I really need to focus and talk about uh, the things that are relevant to the people that I'm talking to, uh, as opposed to just whatever's top of mind for me, out, right. out of, you know, it's, it's on the top of my brain, it's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, anyway, so that's, that's one thing that I've, that I've been learning recently. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super helpful. Um, so going forward, what what's what what do you see as next for you? Um, are you going to stick with these projects specifically, growing these? Um, is there anything new that's that's on the radar that you're thinking about? Yeah. So I I think the 
the content studio is taking up a lot of my time right now, just working with our, with our general contractor, civil engineer, architect, going through the process of getting the land rezoned. But I don't enjoy it even a little bit. I the commercial, like, I, I think we could eventually build these studios all across the country. Uh, but I know that I'm either going to have to bring in a partner that knows commercial real estate really well, um, or just, you know, have, have my trusted vendors that I, that I can lean on. Uh, honestly, I, I have not had to be as involved in a lot of the components of this, um, uh, because I've got a really good GC, <laughs> got a really good architect. I've got really good partners that are working with me on the project now scaling that beyond just one location. Yeah. Uh, that's why I say I might have to end up bringing on a partner to focus on that. But I try to press into like what brings me joy and, and excitement. And when I'm working on Orlando business and this local business media network, I was just working on it this morning, felt an enormous amount of energy after spending two or three hours working on that. And so just trying to be attentive and self-aware to what is bringing me energy and, uh, and, and what's, what are the things that I find myself talking about with my buddies at lunch that really excite me? Right. Uh, and how can I press more into that? I recently heard a talk from this guy, ironically enough, he's based here in my town in, in Orlando. His name's Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And he wrote a book called 10X is Easier Than 2X. And the premise of, uh, of this book is basically, if you want to 10X something, there are a lot fewer options to 10X something. But if you're just trying to double something, if you're just trying to 2X something, there's a million ways, a million different things you could do, tactics you can try, strategies you can deploy to do that thing. But to 10X something, there's way fewer paths to that. So you have to get really clear. If you want a 10X transformation, you have to get really clear on what are the things that can actually drive that. And then you have to clear 80% of your time that is currently probably distracting you from what it's going to take to get really good, uh, to get good enough to, to have that 10 X transformation in your life. And so for me, Sweetfish fell into that 80%. I was spending so much of my time on Sweetfish that this, this next part of my career building this local, th this local business media network and, and, uh, getting into commercial real estate, it was, I, I had to find somebody that was quite frankly, a better operator than, than I was. And that's not saying a whole lot because I wasn't a great operator, but we happened to find a phenomenal operator in Jeremy to run Sweetfish, which is now freeing me up to focus on that 20%. So I can get exceptionally good at, 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 a, at a fewer number of things to hopefully propel me right. toward that transformation that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dad, any, any thoughts? I'm just taking notes. Yeah, lots of good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah. All right, awesome. Well, I'll wrap it up there for now. James, uh, really appreciate it. And uh, there's so much we haven't tapped into. Um, so maybe I'll have to get you back on sometime. Yeah, we'll love, love what you guys are building. Really excited to see where it goes. Awesome. Thanks. So much. Really appreciate it, James. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review, and listen next week.